Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Welcome in to another episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast, a spooky Halloween edition of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football oh, Podcast. Uh, Okada, I, I can't, I can't lie to you. I was gonna try to do some sort of like creepy voice on the intro, and mm. I may or may not have practiced it on the drive home today. Oh my gosh! And it did not go well, so <laughs> I decided to hold that out and spare our listeners uh, from hearing that, but. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, October 30th. It will release on Halloween. Okada, do you have anything going on for Halloween this year? Yes, I do, Bets. It's called Working, the Thursday Night Football Game, <laughs> until 11.30 at night. Do you get to at least dress up or, or no? Uh, I think technically I could if I wanted to, but it's not worth the work. I thought today about like putting in the effort to do a Bill Belichick costume. And oh, then I was that'd, like, be, nope. that'd be good. Not worth it. I know it would. It would be good, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I will be watching the game and doing television and uh, not going out for candy or whatever else people our age do now. Yeah, I don't even know what people our, our age do anymore. I mean, me neither. We're kind of in this weird zone where we're like kind of still young to be cool, but like not really. Um, no. <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> uh, do you um, have a favorite Halloween candy? Uh, specifically a Halloween, I don't know if some stand out on Halloween, but I, my favorite candy overall is usually hot tamales. So that's like not a Halloween oh, one interesting. though. Is it? Cause you no. can't like get that in a bucket. I feel like. No, I don't think I've ever gotten that as a kid going around trick or treating. Yeah. All right. For well, me, then I'm hopeless. For me, dude, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Reese's. Anything chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, definitely is my weakness. So hopefully we get yeah. a couple of those around the house uh, this year for Halloween. But anyway, uh, we're gonna play a little little Halloween in you know themed game later on in the podcast. But dude, we've got so much to get to uh, news, uh, injury updates, and we are gonna continue with our uh, our segments from last week where we previewed all the one o'clock games and the Thursday night game on uh, today's show, and then. Basically, getting into all the 4 p.m. Sunday night football and Monday night football games on the Patreon pod. So, we got a lot to get to, man. Um, but before we do, just want to remind everyone check us out online at redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. We have got articles going up every single day. If you still need a, a streaming quarterback, Steven Pintado is going to hook you up. He's got his article up. Uh, Jordan Richards always brings the weekly recap article, kind of letting you know what you can do with players moving forward the next week. Uh, both great articles. We've got our, our rankings up there. Check it out. Find us on social media, Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and of course on Twitter. Okada, you ready to get over into the news? Let's do it. I got great news, guys. Oh, All right, man. So we got to start here with AJ Green, and we'll tie this into an injury you know, a little bit. Um, he's targeting a return in week 10. So not this coming week, obviously with them on by, but next week. And you know, that's, it's kind of an interesting timeline because his name was kind of swirling around, uh, with the trade deadline yesterday. 
and in previous weeks, and obviously he was not traded. But now he's saying he wants to stay in Cincinnati and is open to a long-term contract. It seems weird, man. I mean, we'll, we'll tie the two together. Andy Dalton just got benched. Um, now, you know, it's, it just seems weird. Like, AJ Green back in, Andy Dalton out. What are you making of this kind of news out of Cincinnati, and how do you project that offense now with Ryan Finley, who is their, their new starter, uh, going forward? Yeah, so there's a lot going on here. First of all, and perhaps most importantly, the Bengals announced they were benching Andy Dalton on his birthday. Oh my gosh, absolutely which is savage. The worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, but more more seriously, I think at this point it's it's pretty much a 100% a we have no chance this season and we want to see what we have in Ryan Finley because we expect to have a top 3 pick and it's probably going to be a quarterback of the future if Ryan Finley doesn't turn out to be something great. So I think they want to find out now if Finley can be their starter. Uh, there's no reason to keep playing Andy Dalton when they're already 0-8. And I don't expect Finley to be anything better than Dalton. I think he'll be okay, actually. I liked Finley coming out of college, and he looked pretty good in the preseason. Uh, so I think he'll be all right. I don't. It will probably hurt all his pass catchers, uh, or Dalton's pass catchers, or both of their pass catchers a little bit. So it makes me a little sad for A.J. Green that he's finally returning and now he's not going to have his longtime quarterback. Uh, I don't expect it to be quite as good of a connection right out the gate with Finley. From like a dynasty perspective, though, I think this is bad for A.J. Green. I would have liked to see him go somewhere else. This is one of the just overall worst organizations in football. And I don't think things are going to go well for this team for a while. So he's not great unless you have Ryan Finley in Dynasty. And then you might have a starter in a Superflex League. Yeah, and I think we're going to find out pretty quick if he is the quarterback of the future there. Like you said, uh team is heading for a top three pick. And the sad thing about it is like they started the season actually trying to win. At least the Dolphins are coming out and doing it the right way with just stockpiling picks left and right. Um, yeah, man, I, I agree. I think as, as far as what we can look forward to for AJ Green, the thing we could always hang our hat on with him, regardless of what was going on around the team, was the fact that Andy Dalton would hyper-target him. And we're not sure how that's going to go with Ryan Finley, obviously making his first career start. So question marks all over the board. For me, I mean, I've been pretty vocal about my injury concerns with AJ Green with the previous toe surgery, now the ankle surgery. Um, yeah, this season and even moving forward here for AJ Green rest of rest of this year, uh, I'm out unfortunately for for Green. Uh, next piece of news here, Okada, we've got to talk about a coaching change, not a head coach, but an offensive coordinator for the LA Chargers. Ken Wisenhunt gone, fired. Uh, I believe that was Monday from his uh, offensive coordinator duties. What do you make of this change here, and, and how does it change things for you in, as far as fantasy from what we might see? from the LA offense? Um, it's kind of a weird one because I don't feel like the Chargers offense was overall that bad. They, as a team, were struggling, but they were pretty much, they've been in every game and it seems like it always comes down to some stupid Chargers, classic Chargers gaffe that loses them the game. It's a couple times it's been a river throwing an interception uh, on the final drive, but I think if I had to guess what it might boil down to is, and this is very impactful for fantasy if it does have any part of it, he was just feeding Melvin Gordon the ball in ways that were getting absolutely nothing 
out of Melvin Gordon. He has been extremely inefficient. Wasn't Hunt was just kind of running him up the middle and getting nothing. Melvin Gordon's yards per carry has been awful. Uh, and so I think that one of two things might happen. One, the new guy, which I don't even know who it is. Do you offhand? Who's going to be calling the plays for them? Yeah. Actually, no, I was going to ask you. I, I haven't even heard anything or like read an update. Um, Me neither. Yeah, so I'm actually not too sure. While you're looking it up right now, I'll kind of jump in on, on my take here with the change. I mean, my understanding, and, and maybe you can correct me, was the change is, was because of the fact that um, the team wasn't really happy with the way their offensive had been flowing, meaning forcing Melvin Gordon a ton. So, right. I, I mean, I kind of have to see this as a, a positive for everyone not named Melvin Gordon, right? Like, Austin Eckler should get a bump. Keenan Allen should obviously still remain a lock in your lineup. Uh, every week maybe Mike Williams gets a bump and obviously Hunter Henry is a top five option so I think the only real change for me is maybe a little bit of a bump to Austin Eckler if the team decides to go back to what worked in the first few weeks uh so my deep deep research has discovered that Anthony Lynn called plays as an offensive coordinator in Buffalo in 2016 and they have not yet named a new offensive coordinator for the Chargers so I'm guessing that Lynn will just call the plays apparently I don't know if that's much better, uh, but yeah, I agree with what you just said. And also, it it could help Melvin Gordon if the play design or the the I don't know the play calling structure gets a little better to where he can be more efficient. We've seen him be more efficient in the past. We know he can be. I know that if Kyle Shanahan took this job, all of a sudden Melvin Gordon would be dominating because that's just what he does with run with run games. So it could get a little better for everyone, it's possibly, but I think, yes, that it's there's a good chance that we see a lot less force feeding and that maybe Austin Eckler is even more valuable. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on here, Okada. We got a bunch of games to break down and get to some injury updates. We'll, we'll do a little bit of a different flow here this week. Normally, I give you my injury updates before we start the game breakdowns, but let's just do them as we go because I think it kind of just makes it easier to, to listen to and digest with all the information based off of the game. Uh, but before we do, we've got to remind everyone, take your Falcons, Bengals, Rams, and Saints out of your lineup because uh, they will get you zero points this week. And that's a lot of firepower. I'm it just realizing. Is. No Julio, no Austin Hooper, uh, no Joe Mixon, no Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, uh, Kamara, Michael Thomas. Yeah, this, this is a rough week for fantasy. But let's see if we can get you some uh, some good starts this week. Okada, we're going to kick it over to our first preview here. Thursday Night Football, a Halloween special, which you'll be working uh, on the post-game coverage of. The San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. And before we get into the specific breakdown here, Okada, let's start with the backfield situation for Arizona. One piece of news that we didn't talk about earlier, Kenyon Drake traded from the Dolphins to the Cardinals um, there's a lot to unpack here. Let's start with injury updates because I think after I give you that, then you can kind of give me your take on, on the fantasy update. But um, obviously, Chase Edmonds dealing with the hamstring strain. He has already been rolled out for this game. I think he's going to be looking at probably a three- to four-week absence, so I don't think we'll see him anytime soon. David Johnson, clearly not himself, hasn't really played in two weeks if you count that uh, three-snap performance from a couple of weeks ago he's not going to play in this game. I mean, they, they just called him a game-time decision. If they rush him back for this matchup, uh, it's very, very foolish. With the injury history from this season, 
the back concerns, now the ankle, like it just doesn't make sense. So I project he will probably be out for this game. So that leaves Kenyon Drake and Alfred Morris. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Zach Zenner, what are what are you looking at here for Kenyon Drake and how do you project that backfield moving forward? Um, well, my projection for the back people backfield moving forward is please let some of these other guys get healthy because otherwise it's going to be a hot mess. And for this week, that's exactly what I expect. I, if you're in a deep, like 14 team PPR league with two flexes, then maybe Kenyon Drake is worth a start. But otherwise I'm not running out any running back for the Cardinals against this 49ers defense. They are elite at this point. I mean, pretty much all year, certainly. But I think at this point we can all, there's no more, oh, well, are the 49ers real? Really left. They just trounced the Panthers, who were very good. So this team is dominant. They've got the second fewest points in the league to running bats. Only the Patriots are better, and they're historically good. So I am not going to put any Cardinals running back in my roster if I can help it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that one. I'm not sure if you finished your rankings for the week, but I've got Kenyon Drake at running back 40 right now. I, I don't see any path to success for nope. him on a short week uh, against the top rush defense in the league. Um, yeah, so it, it's tough there for the running game. Let's kick it over now to like the quarterback and receivers. Kyler's your boy. Are you willing to roll him out in this matchup, which, again, on paper, looks pretty tough? Not in a one QB league, sadly. He's sitting for me anywhere that there, that there's only one QB on my starting roster. If it's a super flex, yeah, he's going to get in. It's going to be more in the back end QB2 range this week. Um, hopefully he gets some rushing. We've seen him have some great rushing games, and that, that could be something that he does, uh, especially considering this 49ers pass rush, which is very good if it forces him to scramble a little bit. We, that could help, but other than that, it's going to be hard going. Yeah, for sure. For I, I think I agree with you. In two two QB leagues, you know, I'm willing to start him, but certainly not in one. Um, and then kind of speaking to the receivers, I like Christian Kirk in this matchup for what he can be, which is I think a wide receiver three or a flex type of play. I don't think we'll see a smash spot for him here by any means, but um encouraging last week coming off of the high ankle sprain he played in uh on 86 percent of the snaps which was huge uh in his first game back led the team in routes run so i think if you're starting one receiver uh maybe between fitz and kirk for me it's kirk and the encouraging thing is slot receivers against the niners have actually been able to do some damage tyler boyd 122 yards juju went 81 and a touchdown Jarvis landry 75 yards chris goblin 53 and a touchdown so there's a path to production here but for me, you know, it's it's mostly about um, tempering expectations with Kirk. Would you agree on that one? Yeah, I definitely agree. He would be my my top option. In fact, probably my top receiver option from both teams in this game. Um, and the Cardinals are going to be throwing a lot. They're going to be down, and they throw a lot anyways. So there's a very good chance he could be like a 9, 10, 11 catch guy in this game. Yeah, for sure. And with uh, with that kind of you know, passing volume definitely comes opportunity for takeaways for the Niners defense. We already talked about the mismatch on the line in the trenches where the, the front seven for the Niners is elite against a subpar offensive line for Arizona. Um, obviously, I think you're starting the San Fran defense if you have them. Uh, let's move on to their offensive side of the ball. More injuries to talk about. So Matt Breda dealing with a, a left ankle sprain. Shocking. Best. Yeah. 
so often, man, with that ankle. And we talked about it last year, like how it would just recur and it would recur and keep happening again. And here we are. Um, Raheem Mostert dealing with a knee injury. Jeff Wilson had a stinger on Sunday, which is basically a quick stretch across the nerves that come out of your your shoulder and neck. So um, those can vary in in terms of degree and severity. It looks pretty minor for Jeff Wilson because he's actually not even listed on the injury report this week. However, uh, head coach coming out saying, you know, if the game would have been today, which is mon- uh, sorry on Wednesday, um, very unlikely Breda would have gone, very unlikely Mostert would have gone. So are we looking at a situation where Jeff Wilson is a very sneaky pickup if you're listening to this before kickoff on Thursday Night Football? Ooh, yeah. If you're listening to this uh, around noon and they've announced anything about those other two guys and it looks like Wilson's going to be in the number two, I would absolutely pick him up and play him in the right format because these, this team, as we've talked about, can easily produce two decent running backs per week. And against the Cardinals in a game that I expect them to win, it's all of that is you know boosted. So whatever the number two guy is, if Brita does play, I'd roll him out. If Mostert does play and Brita doesn't, I'd roll him out. And if they're both out, give me Wilson. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and I will update everyone via Twitter kind of what I think about the results here of who's in and who's out as far as my confidence in the play of Breda or Mostert. Um, we'll wait and, and see what happens. But Arizona giving up almost 100 and, or sorry, 850 yards on the season, which we're in week nine, is more than 100 yards per game to opposing running backs. So certainly you can run on this defense. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jimmy G here? Again, seems like a soft matchup on paper, but the numbers might be a little skewed given that Patrick Peterson is back in the lineup. Are you willing to roll out Jimmy G as a good streamer this week? I wouldn't say good streamer, no. He just hasn't done enough for me to warrant starting him except in the best of matchups. And typically, if it's a game on Thursday night football against a divisional opponent who is much worse than you, to me, all of that uh, spells slow, gritty, and lots of running. And so I don't really see this being a game where Jimmy G throws 35 passes and has a great fantasy day. I think it's more like 25, they ride the run game, and he has a you know less than 15-point day. So I'd rather not start him. Yeah, we just haven't seen the volume, right? Like, I don't think he's nope. topped 33 pass attempts all year because the defense has been so good, uh, and the running game has just been awesome. I mean, look at what Tevin Coleman did last week. Four touchdowns, uh, I think on 13 touches, which has been which is crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I agree for the most part. I think you can start him if you're desperate uh, and you need someone. Obviously, there's there's worse plays out there. So for me, I think I've got him around like QB 14. So he's just off my streaming radar, but certainly worth a look uh, in two quarterback formats for sure. Um, how about Manny Sanders? Uh, caught a touchdown last week. Didn't really get a ton of volume outside of that. Um, he's got a good chance, to, I think, to avoid going up against Patrick Peterson because of the fact that Peterson doesn't travel into the slot quite as much. Are you willing to roll out uh, Sanders here in this matchup? Um, Probably not, except in deeper, deeper formats. Five targets, not bad. I did kind of think it would be a quick transition for him into this Niners offense, and it looked like it was. Uh, obviously, the touchdown was nice, but don't let the touchdown, which affects the fantasy points, then affect your 
you know, outlook on Sanders. He's still only had four catches. Five targets, again, is not bad, but it's not, you know, eight or nine. And I think he's the type of receiver who needs eight or nine, ideally, to have a great game. So with what we just talked about with Jimmy G, I don't think it's going to be a game where Sanders gets anywhere close to that. I think it's a low target game for pretty much everyone, and I'm probably sitting Sanders in most formats. Yeah, and this is a spot where uh, George Kittle should absolutely crush this defense. Yes. Giving oh my up gosh. a ton of fantasy points, and obviously Kittle is elite at the position. Start so of the year. You are certainly starting him in this matchup for sure. All right, man, anything else here with the Thursday night game, or you want to move on? Uh, Nope, that's it. Happy Halloween, All 49ers. Right. Happy Halloween. On to Sunday. Uh, we are looking at our first game on the slate. It is the 9.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff across the pond in London. Okada, give me your best London accent. Go. Oh, cheerio. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We just offended all Something of our like foreign that. listeners right there. So We do apologies. have some, I think. Apologies to everyone. But I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm sick of these London games being on at the normal time. It's uh, maybe not for you because you're on the West Coast. But being able to wake up with a cup of coffee, sit down, watch some football is, is awesome. So uh, I'm looking forward to that early morning kickoff. If you have those players, make sure they are not in your flex as mm-hmm. you should treat this as a, a Thursday night type of game where you don't want that player in there in case you need to t- change it up with injuries. But on to the matchup here. We've got Houston taking on Jacksonville. And, man, I am definitely excited about this one here. Uh, let's start on the Houston side of the ball. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, uh, you're starting him. But, Okada, are you tempering expectations here? Deshaun Watson finishes the quarterback 22 in Week 2 when he took on the Jags. Um, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. He completed just 16 passes in that game. Are you going off of what we've seen in recent weeks with with Watson, or are you kind of a little more hesitant here based off his first performance this year? Uh, I would say it's probably a little between the two. Obviously, there's one huge difference with the Jack. Well, did Ramsey play in that game? I believe he did. I think he did, yes. Yeah, okay. So that, that Ramsey's now gone. That makes a big difference. Um... And I, but it really doesn't matter for me. Deshaun Watson is playing MVP level football. I'm going to start him every week. Uh, maybe if and when he were to play the Patriots, which he does, he would be at like the back end of my QB one range. But I think I'd probably even start him then. So if I'm starting him against the Patriots, I'm starting him against anyone. He is elite, and I'm rolling him out there. Yeah, that play last week. Uh, oh my god, we got kicked in the kicked face. In the eye amazing man amazing what do you mean so good the guy is is unstoppable for sure um yeah i agree with you i'm, I'm tempering expectations i think i've got him at qb 10 this week so uh certainly lower than i usually rank him but there's no way sure. i can put him on my bench so i agree with you there um what about the running back situation carlos hyde is kind of intriguing i'll, I'll start by saying that their nose tackle marcel darius is out with a sports hernia um and we've seen that affect them quite a bit Team giving up almost 4.7 yards per carry. They've given up five rushing touchdowns to running backs this season. Do you think Carlos Hyde is startable in this matchup? Yes, I think so. He's getting, we've talked about the workload uh, on a couple pods in the past. It's been even better than it was early in the season over the last several weeks. Uh, Last four weeks, he's had 21, 26, 12, and then 19 carries. Uh, in each of those games, scored a touchdown in one, two, scored four touchdowns over that span, uh, receiving and rushing combined. So 
it's not going to be necessarily a game where he has 100 plus yards per se, but I think if he gets 18 to 22 carries somewhere in that range, he's going to come up with 75 plus yards, have a good chance at a touchdown. I expect the Texans to win this game pretty easily. So, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Minshew Mania is a thing. There could be an exciting Jaguars upset. But uh, I'm betting on the Texans, and that means I'm betting on Hyde, probably. Yeah, I agree. Duke Johnson still hasn't topped uh, 10 touches since week one. So no. uh, it's it's Carlos Hyde's backfield until further notice. A um, little bit of news here, and I shouldn't say it's news, but just a reflection on last week's game. Kiki QT uh, got benched, didn't play a single snap. And we saw Ooh. the Texans run a lot of two tight end sets as their base type of offense. So just kind of a word of... Um, a word of caution if you're looking at QT this week. Definitely not uh, not high in my rankings. But the other thing with that is two tight ends, I think it helps the running game. So more benefit there to Carlos Hyde. Darren Fells, man, what is mm. happening? How How is he producing in fantasy? The guy is like 33 years old, has never been relevant before, and here we are. Uh, six for 58 and two touchdowns. Season high in routes run and snaps last week. Um, I've got him ranked as a tight end one this week. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think he probably slides into that range pretty often now with how bad, uh, the tight end landscape is. We've seen, uh, multiple great games from him in the last few weeks, two touchdowns last week. So uh, listen, the fact that Darren Fells is a starting tight end is disgusting and we should all rebel and somehow, I don't know what can be done. Maybe nothing can be done to change this problem. But for now, it's the world we live in. And so I'm going to roll them out there if, if I'm streaming tight ends. Yeah, it's it's yucky. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, Kenny Stills, huge disappointment last week. Seemed to be in a pretty smash spot against Oakland. This week, obviously, taking on the Jags. Um, it, it's encouraging, you know, with the Will Fuller injury that he was out there on 96% of snaps. Um, ran a ton of routes. Both were career highs, or I shouldn't say career season highs. I think there's some positive regression coming for Kenny Stills this week. The Jags allowing the seventh most completions on 20 plus yard pass attempts. Are you with me on or on uh, Kenny Stills? Ooh, this one might be a little harder for me to get on board with. Uh, there's certainly a great chance for a good game because Kenny Stills can make a good game on one play pretty often. I think he's going to be outside my wide receiver three range, but he could sneak into it. Could be flexible depending on your league, but I'm going to probably lean away from Stills if I can help it and more heavily rely on Hopkins. Maybe Fells catches the touchdowns. I, I will say if Watson's going to have a great game, you would expect Stills to do well, but it's kind of been happening for the past few weeks without that, so I'm not fully convinced yet or fully bought in. Yeah, I've got him as a wide receiver three. I personally think you can flex him. Um, so go with whatever analyst is your favorite. Uh, mm. On to the Jaguar side of the ball. You mentioned it. Minshew Mania, the dude is an absolute legend, came out today uh, on NFL Network. Shout out to your squad over there. Mm. Uh, and in an interview, said he's got his jorts on deck ready to go for this game. So Let's go. Uh, it continues. He's in a smash spot this week, man. Houston has allowed a top 12 quarterback in seven of their eight games, he's ranked as a QB1 for me this week. I know you're with me. Are you right? Yes. All he right. will probably be in my top eight 
two, eight to seven, somewhere in that very wide range. Uh, I have not quite finished my rankings yet, but 100% a start for me. I think he has a great game. Yeah, and the, the Houston defense, man, is just absolutely destroyed by injuries. They traded away Jadavian Clowney. Um, they just lost J.J. Watt, which is a bummer, uh, for the year. Their free safety, uh, Tashawn Gibson, is dealing with a ton of injuries. Jonathan Joseph, their cornerback, hamstring injury. Bradley Roby, hamstring injury. Lonnie Johnson, uh, another injury. So, like, they are just playing backups everywhere. Uh, I love Minshew this week. I think he's going to have a great game. And with that, we also have to bring up some more injury news uh, on D.D. Westbrook, who unfortunately doesn't look like he'll be back for this game, dealing with some neck and shoulder injuries, which is an aggravation of a previous injury from a couple of weeks ago. The team's on bye next week, so I would suspect them to be pretty conservative with him and probably not play him this week. Um, You're starting D.J. Chark as a top 10 option, I think, in this game. But how about Chris Conley? Absolutely. Chris Conley is pretty much my start of the week. We will tweet those as we did last week, and I think that he's going to be my lock. I haven't fully claimed it yet, but he's had some great games, um, and I believe in Minshew. I believe that the Texans offense or Texans defense is not stingy whatsoever, as you very nicely summarized. Uh, and with DD out, if I'm going to believe in Minshew and the only other guy is Chark, I got to give some targets and some catches to someone else, and I think Conley can easily step up and be that guy. So uh, I will consider him probably a low-end wide receiver too this week and roll him out there. Yeah, I, I definitely think you can play him in this matchup. Uh, 80 yards in two consecutive games, so he is definitely trending in the right direction, and without D.D. Westbrook, I agree with you. He's virtually a must-start for me in this matchup uh, as well. All right, man, let's, uh, let's kick it over to the next game here. We've got the... Titans taking on the Panthers. Let's start on the Titans side of the ball. Um, let's start with the obvious. Derrick Henry is in an absolutely perfect situation in this week's matchup, going up against a, a Panthers defense that we just saw get torched by Tevin Coleman for four touchdowns, and the other backs uh, had a pretty good game as well. Um, we talked about it last week when we brought up Tevin Coleman. Kwan Short not being there really does affect this Carolina defense. They're giving up almost five yards per carry on the season, and it fits perfectly with what Tennessee wants to do, which is establish the run uh, early and often. So I think Derrick Henry is going to be a top eight play for me this week. How high are you on Henry in this matchup? Yeah, uh, I think I'm right around there as well. He he hasn't had like a smash game yet this year. He's had 75-plus yards in... Let me look really quick. Six out of his eight games and scored five touchdowns over that span, but he hasn't had that 120-yard multi-touchdown game yet. This could absolutely be it. I definitely buy in there um, with what you were talking about with the Panthers' defense, with Henry and who we know he is, his ability to just explode, uh, especially later in games. I think this will be a pretty competitive game. Uh, both these teams are kind of hovering right around that 500 mark, fighting for a wild card spot potentially. I think this is a, an ideal situation for a guy like Derrick Henry, so I am absolutely starting him. Uh, probably consideration for start of the week, although he, is he too good to be a start of the week? No, I'll allow it. A, you, can, you can have it if you want it. All right. Well, I haven't decided it yet, but he he's up there. That's how good he is, so yeah, definitely agree with you Usually we, we, we make those based off the less obvious starts, but... 
Yes. He's been finishing kind of as a, a back-end one or a high-end two. So I think if we're going to rank him that aggressively, he can he can be your start of the week. I'll allow it. Yeah. In consideration. Perfect. <laughs> uh, outside of Derrick Henry, I'll be pretty frank. I don't want anything to do with this this Titans offense. No. I mean, Tannehill, I think, is a, is in, in play for a, a pretty rough day. Carolina ranks number two in sacks and fourth in quarterback hits. So Tannehill is going to be under pressure for sure. They've allowed just one top 15 quarterback finish on the season. So I don't think Tannehill finishes inside the top 15 by any means. And therefore, I think you have to stay away from the pass catchers. Do you agree? Yes. Uh, There are a few matchups or a few games throughout the year where I like a couple of these guys on the Titans receiving core, but this is not one of them. Sit them all 100%. Now, Delaney Walker did not practice today. Again, we're recording this on Wednesday. I still don't think he's right, and I don't think he plays in this game. Are you confident at all at least putting in Jonu Smith as a streamer? I mean, last week he caught a touchdown, had about six catches, and I think over 60 yards. So uh, a pretty solid day for him through the air. What do you think about Jonu Smith? I'd have to be pretty desperate, I think, which, to be fair... A lot of people are when it comes to a tight end position. So, I was going to say, you're speaking to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, if you're one of those people who, you know, one, one, you're starting and backup tight end are on by, or you've just been streaming all year, certainly he's worth a look as a streamer. Um, again, I don't want to overreact, overreact too much to last week, which was a great game for him. Uh, Tannehill has not been a tight end guy, really, for most of his career, so that gives me a little hesitation as well. Um, it's kind of like a Ryan Fitzpatrick situation. I think last week may have been a bit of a fluke, but like I said, and like we've been saying all year, the tight end position is a hot mess. So he's going to be near that top 12 area. And if you have 12 teams, that makes him a starter. Yeah, it's, it's so bad, man. Um, I started Johnny Smith last week as a very desperate team and was happy, but it, it was a matchup that you knew you could capitalize through the air against Tampa Bay. Yep. But I think it's deceiving because he ran just 18 routes. And Anthony Ferkser, <laughs> who is not Ooh. fantasy relevant by any means, is a blocking tight end, also ran 18 routes. So I think it just happened that Smith got the touchdown. It could have easily been Corey Davis, you know, or, or two for A.J. Brown. So, yeah, I'm I'm nervous about Johnny Smith here. Uh, I definitely would be shying away for sure. On the Panthers' side of the ball, Kyle Allen will make his – uh, his start again this week. Cam Newton still rehabbing. I think they're targeting a week 10 or 11 return is what I'm reading. So for now, it's Kyle Allen's team. Um, he's been struggling as of late, uh, certainly not really pushing the ball a ton downfield. Terrible matchup last week, so I think we can kind of push that aside. But uh, in this matchup, he goes up against the Titans. Their defense is giving up the 20th most points to quarterbacks, otherwise a bottom 12 uh, type of matchup. <laughs> not great for for sure um nope. for me i'm i'm definitely not playing him in a one quarterback league are you willing to roll him out there in a two quarterback or super flex format mm, he's gonna be near the borderline the buys will help i imagine he will sneak into the back end of my my two uh Q, two qb Q, qb2 either yes. one i guess two qb2 range <laughs> um bottom but i'm not <laughs> bottom of the the top 24 Yes, I'm not going to feel comfortable about it. And last week is certainly not anything to go off. As we've said about these 49ers, they're incredible. 
and he was really good before that, but the Titans defense is also very good, so I'd prefer to avoid him if I can. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree. Um, Christian McCaffrey, obviously you're starting him every single week because he is matchup proof, as we saw last week. Um, how about Curtis Samuel, who popped up uh, with a shoulder injury on today's injury report? He did not practice. Uh, apparently, I was reading the report. Um, he injured the shoulder, kind of laying out for a ball last week. It seems to be minor. I don't think he'll miss this game, but certainly let's let's keep tabs on that. Um, you got to pick one. Who are you rolling out, Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore, assuming Samuel plays? Ooh, assuming full health, I'm going to take Samuel. Uh, and I'm going to do that maybe more often than not these days with these two guys, but I think in this matchup especially, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards Samuel who can do things in, in more unique ways. Uh, the, to potentially avoid these strong Titans secondary. Yeah, for sure. And and actually, I, I think it's good to talk about. I mean, I think these cornerbacks are at least somewhat beatable. I mean, Adoree Jackson is coming off of a foot injury, and there's no guarantee he'll be back. And if he is back and not 100%, we know with Curtis Samuel's speed, uh, he could potentially beat him deep for at least uh, one or two catches. So I like Samuel as well over DJ mm-hmm. Moore. Um, how about Greg Olson, who you know, seemed to be a locked in starter every week and he's had fewer than 15 yards in three of their last four games. So are you starting Greg Olson this week? Uh, this is the worst, man. This is the worst talking about. These tight ends. Uh, can you just stop asking me tight end questions? Bets. I hate them. No, cause I don't want to uh, answer them. So I just make you do it. True. True. Um, yeah, he's a back end tight end one. I, I mean, Basically, every guy in the league that's not named Kittle, Kelsey, or Waller at this point. Evan Ingram. Is, oh, yes. Thank you. I'll take Evan Ingram. Is a back-end tight end one. Yeah. So, Olsen's in the bunch. The encouraging thing is he's still running a ton of routes. Um, Tennessee is giving up the 11th most fantasy points per game to tight ends. So... At least the matchup looks good. At least he's out there running a ton of routes. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say. It's it's a decent matchup. You're hoping that he pulls through for you, uh, but it has not been good in recent weeks. Anything else in this game, Okada? You want to move on to the very exciting electric Jets and Dolphins game? Oh, my gosh. Please, let's get to that. Let's do it. All right, man. Oh, Jets and Dolphins. This is going to be a barn burner. Buckle up. For the Jets side of the ball... Sam Darnold seems to be in a pretty good spot uh, to be a streamable quarterback here against a Miami defense that's given up at least two touching touchdown passes to every single quarterback they have faced this year. Um, how are you feeling about Sam Darnold this week? Wow, that is a depressing stat for all Miami residents. Um, yeah, I'm going to roll him out there, man. Uh, if Mason Rudolph can have 250 yards and two touchdowns against you, then Sam Darnold certainly can, and that makes him that puts him in starter territory. So he's gonna have to bounce back. Uh, you know, it's it was Halloween week when he started seeing the ghosts, so you know that's excusable. Now by Sunday, you know Halloween's gonna be behind him. He'll be fine. He'll be able to see his receivers instead of ghosts, and we'll get a nice fantasy day out of Sam Darnold. <laughs> Rolling him out there. If he's if he's seeing ghosts against the Dolphins, then. Oh uh, boy, this guy is going Career to need some over. serious help. <laughs> yeah, the matchup could not be better. Um, there was trade rumors all around 
Robbie Anderson, as of the last couple of days, obviously he did not get traded. Are you looking at playing him in this matchup? And then let's let's just jump right into Jameson Crowder. Out of those two players, which one would you prefer to roll out in your lineup or both? Ooh, that is a tough question. I'm certainly willing to start either. Um, I know Robbie Anderson has not had a great season. Pretty much one good game, one and a half good games so far. But he, they've faced some pretty tough opponents throughout the year. Obviously, the Patriots twice never helps. Sam Darnold being gone for a large portion of that does not help. I think this is a good chance for him to have a, a bounce back slash breakout game for 2019. And then Crowder and PPR should get six, seven, eight catches, be solid as well. So I'm, real, I'm willing to roll them both out there. Yeah, the only uh, hope that Dolphins uh, secondary had was Xavier Howard, and he just got put on injured reserve. So, yeah, this is this is looking good for the matchup for all pass catchers. I definitely think Crowder here is in a smash spot. The Miami defense has allowed seven touchdown receptions to slot receivers this year. Uh, we are in week nine, so that is almost a touchdown a game, and obviously oh, wow. Crowder plays most of his, uh, his playing time in the slot. Chris Herndon, weekly injury update. We always talk about it. Uh, he was finally limited in practice today. So he's trending in the right direction. If he's still on waivers and you need a tight end, certainly I think he's worth a look. We just had a question today in the Patreon chat about it. Um, any, anything else to add there, Okada, or more just kind of a speculative back-end tight end one, as as every tight end is? Yeah, that's exactly pretty much what it is. Until we see kind of what we saw at the end of last season, if we see it, uh, he's, you know, speculative stream. And nothing else, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Jets' defense, definitely a, a solid matchup here for them to be a plug-and-play at your DST position. Every single defense that's faced Miami has finished as a top-12 defense on the week. But um, what are your thoughts there? I mean, Leonard Williams is now gone. Uh, CJ Mosley, mm-hmm. the linebacker, has been out for several weeks with a groin injury. Are you still as excited about this this stretch of games as the Jets' defense? You know, week 9 to 14, we've talked about it before. Their matchups are absolute cake. Are you still comfortable picking up this defense and keeping them for the next month, or is this just kind of a week-to-week situation for you now that they've lost some of their big-time players? Uh, Certainly, I would prefer it if they had more of their full talent readily available, but I'm still going to roll them out in this kind of a matchup and certainly a couple others. Defense and special teams is almost always, for me, more about the opponent than the team itself, unless they're the Patriots, obviously. Uh, and the Jets have still have talent, and they're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick. So they're, they, if they don't get an interception, it'll be very surprising. Um, I do think there's a sneaky chance that the Dolphins win this game on accident. Ooh. Because the Jets are also on very accident. bad. <laughs> yes. But um, chances are they will not. Uh, and that means that I I do think the Jets' defense comes away with few sacks, maybe maybe a couple takeaways, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a pick six against Mister Fitz Magic. I don't think that there's any chance they win this game because they are too good at calling an all-out blitz on third and twenty-two. Oh my um, gosh, what was that? That lost me a week. That Deontay Johnson reception lost me a fantasy yep. week. Uh, so so upset after that man what are you doing so they're doing it right they're taking the right way um so but yeah i mean they, they definitely could for sure pull one out but um 
Odds are not on their favor. Let's just let's just say that. On to the Miami side of the ball. We talked about Kenyon Drake being dealt away and what that meant for Arizona. Let's talk about what it leaves behind for uh, the depth chart there in Miami. Mark Walton seems to be the guy. 14 touches on Monday Night Football. For me, there's nothing more to say about it other than he's a starter on an NFL roster, and he'll probably get a decent amount of volume, making him a flex type of play every week. Um, anything else you want to add there on Walton or Kalen Balash? No, that's I would 100% agree with that version of the story. Uh, I would like for Kalen Balash to take over because I think he can do some interesting things or at least get a heavy role, but I don't really expect it to happen. This offense is too bad to support two running backs. They can barely even support one that's even close to fantasy viable. So Walton is in that flex conversation. Yeah, definitely uh, with you on that. Devontae Parker, man, he Mm. is doing some things this year, as is Preston Williams. He looked great on Monday Night Football. Um, It seemed like every time they threw him the ball, he was catching it. So I like both these guys in this matchup. We talked about it last week, how the Jets' uh, outside cornerbacks are getting burned weekly. Devontae Parker, for me, is going to be a pretty high-end wide receiver three in my rankings. He's top 15 in air yards at the wide receiver position has 55 yards and or a touchdown in six of his seven games. Um, how high are you on the, the pass catchers there in Miami? Uh, Devontae Parker is definitely going to be the guy for me. He, I believe that he... I believe that he's going to be high-end wide receiver three territory, low-end wide receiver two territory in really good matchups such as this one for pretty much the remainder of the year. Preston Williams certainly did look good. I don't know what happened. He was dominating in the first quarter, was good in the first half overall, and then kind of disappeared for the rest of the game. He was on track to have a great game last week, and then I don't know what happened. But well, they were winning, and they were like, uh-oh. We, yeah, we got to dial it back We, we got to stop Preston. this. <laughs> yep. Um, so hopefully he can get more of a full game's uh, target share because he looks great every time they throw it to him, like you said. But uh, until we see that more often, I think Parker is a wide receiver one on this team, so I'd rather roll him out there. And this is certainly a game that I'm willing to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I might make Devontae Parker my start of the week, which I don't know if those words would have ever come out of my mouth. If you would have told me that two months ago, I would have said you're crazy. But here we are, and that is fantasy football. But we'll, we'll put those on Twitter officially here in the next couple of days. On to the next game here. The Bears taking on my Philadelphia Eagles. This one is mm. in Philly. Let's start on the Bears side of the ball, Okada. Um, kind of news. The team basically came out and announced Mitch Trubisky will remain the starter, which if he's your franchise guy, you don't even need to say <laughs> or do. And nope. I think that tells you a lot. Um, just from a dynasty lens, like is Mitch Trubisky someone you're trying to buy low and hope that it turns around if you're in a super flex league? Or are you just like, man, this guy is a, is a bust, and I'm not sure we'll ever see it from Mitch? Um, It depends on how low that price of a buy low is, but certainly it can't be too much worse than it has been recently. Um, This is going to be, I think, a game he has a, a great shot at being a top 12 quarterback in. So this one might be a nice game to snag him before so you can get a great game out of him. Maybe just flip him after that for something better. Uh, but yeah, he, they're not going to move away from him anytime soon. I don't think. And I think that he's a kind of guy who can progress a little bit. He had 
very limited college experience when he entered the NFL and then was thrown into a horrific week or uh, first season, rookie season uh, in the NFL. So I still think that there's room for him to kind of grow. He's sort of finishing the amount of years as a starter that a lot of guys had in college alone. So uh, I think there's still room for Trubisky to be okay. I, I would consider him a buy low in Dynasty, and I would consider him a start for this week. Yeah, I don't know, man. For me, this the matchup on paper looks great. Like I feel like every week we talk about it, the Eagles secondary is so beatable. Um, but they just got their their two starters back in Jalen Mills and uh, Ronald Darby. Now, by no stretch of the imagination am I saying they are elite corners, but they are definitely better than their third stringers they're rolling out there uh, for the last month or so. So I don't know if it's quite as good, and I I just don't trust the offense like if it was any other offense where i knew there was some stability as to what was going to happen with their game plan i would say yeah i agree yeah, let's let's roll out mitch and see what happens but um yeah i'm just nervous man i think i've got him at like qb19 this week so i'm definitely mm. not starting him in a one quarterback matchup um but that's just me on to the running back situation and we saw the classic overcorrection from Matt Nagy Going from like six touches the week before to, all right, I'm not an idiot. We're going to run the ball. 27 carries for David Montgomery last week and looked great doing it. Uh, Is this a situation where you think it continues or are we just like unsure week to week what happens there with the rookie out of Iowa State? Uh, It could continue, but against the Eagles defense, which is much better against the run than it is against the pass. I Listen. We, a lot of times we try to predict what will happen based off a coach being smart. And this is a, a can be a fallacy that you should not fall <laughs> into. Because a lot of times, apparently, NFL coaches aren't that smart. If Nagy was smart, I think he would let Trubisky have a shot here to, to sling the ball a little bit more and not try to slam David Montgomery into this Eagles front. I don't know if that will happen because Nagy's been making questionable decisions for most of the year but I would prefer to lean away from Montgomery I know he just had a great game but I that is in no way been a consistent thing for Montgomery throughout the year so I'd like to see one more great game from him in a consistent couple weeks in a row type situation before I'm willing to start him confidently in a tough matchup yeah I I mean you could literally tell me like he's gonna get 10 touches on Sunday and I'd be like yeah that that's possible and then you could tell me he could get 30, and I'd be like, yeah, that's possible. Like, I I have no idea how to project the usage, nope. which always makes me nervous um, for Montgomery. For me, I'll have him as probably a flex option. Tariq Cohen, what are your thoughts there? I mean, sneaky start, potentially. The, the Eagles are um, one of 12 defenses that have given up at least 45 receptions to running backs. Cohen's fourth in the NFL at the running back position in targets. Am I talking you into any type of Tariq Cohen play? Yeah, I don't hate it, actually. In PPR, I think that the Eagles are going to be leading for most of this game, uh, which I'm sure you're happy to hear because they've been up and down all year. But I really don't think the Bears are very good uh, overall. So I think the Eagles get ahead, and this is maybe a classic Tariq dink and dunk type game. He gets eight-plus catches and has a nice PPR day. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you there. Sneaky PPR uh, flex option for sure. Allen Robinson, man. Playing the best football of his career, he looks fantastic in his second season removed from ACL surgery. Um, wide receiver 16 in fantasy on the year. Can you imagine what he would be like if he had a quarterback throwing him oh, the ball? Oh, my Atlanta. 
He is yes. so good. His separation this, is fantastic. This guy has had two of the worst passers oh my gosh. in NFL history. Not really, but the awful quarterback play for, for Allen for his whole career. It's been really sad. I wish he could get somewhere better. Yeah. Uh, is he a must-start for you in your lineups this week? Yes. I think he's definitely in the wide receiver two range. And with buys uh, for a lot of great receivers, I don't think there's any way he's outside of a classic starting lineup. Yep, sure. I've got him at wide receiver 14, so I'm definitely with you uh, with you there. Um, anything else in this game for the Bears side of the ball? Um, no. Nah. That's pretty much it. All right. Let's move over to the Eagles, which are a team that have just been up and down all season, coming off of a great win on the road last week. They did have an injury last week to Miles Sanders, who suffered a shoulder injury. X-rays look good. Um, he had an MRI on Monday, which again came back pretty clean. So we don't know much outside of that as far as Sanders, but he did not practice today on Wednesday. So we get, definitely have to monitor what goes on there. But for Deshaun Jackson is another guy coming off of injury. He hasn't played since week two with that abdominal slash groin, uh, core muscle injury. And the plan is to have him back in this game. He was finally limited in a practice. Let's start with the running backs. Um, let's assume Miles Sanders does play. You've got to pick one. You playing Sanders this week or Jordan Howard, who is in a massive revenge game against Chicago? Uh, well, I don't want to give away too much bets, but I'm going to be talking, kind of answering this question in our Halloween segment. Ooh. So I will well, just say in answer to your question for now. I have no idea, and I refuse to answer. <laughs> As the Eagles fan, I force you to do so. Uh, for me, if if both guys are playing, I'm taking Jordan Howard. I mean, Sanders' stat line looks great from last week, but most of it came on th- uh, two long receptions and one long run. But Jordan Howard dominating snaps and uh, usage, so I would still prefer Jordan Howard. Um, and this, this Bears defense, I mean, you can run on these guys for sure. When Akeem Hicks is out... They give up a ton of production to running backs. Look at what Latavius Murray did two weeks ago. He went 27 for 119 and two touchdowns. So for me, I'm, I prefer Jordan Howard if both are active. Certainly if Miles Sanders is out, I think Jordan Howard is going to skyrocket up my rankings. But uh, we'll see what happens for the rest of the week. Um, what are you feeling about Carson Wentz in this matchup? It certainly is tough on paper there in the secondary. Is he in the QB1 range for you this week? I don't think he's in my QB1 range, no. he, For the most part, he doesn't really get there unless he has a great matchup for me at this point, at least until Deshaun Jackson comes back, which hopefully he does. Uh, but this is very much not a great matchup on paper, so he goes from kind of that borderline area to my mid-range QB2 area probably. He'll still be, still be somewhere near my top 15, but I'm not rolling him out if I can help it. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that, and... Deshaun Jackson certainly is going to elevate his production if he can get healthy, but I, I just am so nervous about Jackson. I, I honestly think it's going to be a, a test this week. If he gets through the game, I'll feel better about the rest of the season. If he doesn't, he's headed for surgery. So we'll see what happens there. Um, outside of that, I mean, Alshon's fine. I Another revenge game for, for Alshon. True. I, it's such an easy fade this week for all the pass catchers. Chicago yep. giving up the fifth fewest pa- points to wide receivers. So, yeah, we don't like Wentz a ton in this matchup. Certainly, I'm not loving Alshon. Um, anything else you want to discuss there, or can we move on to the tight ends? 
Uh, yeah, that's it for the receivers. I think you hit a nail on the head there. All right, man. You have to pick one, Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard, who has been stealing <laughs> touchdowns every week oh, from Ertz. Oh, man. What is this question? This is this, this is real life. It's so sad that it's real. Oh, my gosh. Um, I got to stick with Ertz. Yes, Goddard has looked good. I honestly never understood this draft pick because the, the Eagles had the best tight end, one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the NFL, and they went and spent a second-round pick on another great pass-catching tight end. It just kind of seemed like overkill, and now it's ruining our fantasy lives. Stop it, Eagles. Thanks a lot, Doug. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's tough. But man. no, uh, yeah, I have to roll out Ertz. But you know what? I'm not necessarily too opposed to also streaming Goddard. So amidst the crap of back-end tight end ones, maybe both <laughs> these guys are in it. Yeah. Uh, the snap counts for Dallas Goddard, very encouraging for him. Very discouraging for Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. 69%, 74%, 71%, 59%, 75% over the past five weeks. So um, I think that has a lot to do with Deshaun Jackson's health. So maybe we see them go back to more three wide receiver sets if Jackson can stay on the field. But until further notice, yeah, I'm I'm pretty nervous about this tight end situation because it's a coin flip as to who's going to produce each week. But I agree with you. I think you just have to start Zach Ertz, unfortunately. Um, mm. That's enough of me being sad about my Eagles. Let's move okay. over to our last game here on the slate, and then we've got a special Halloween segment for you all. All right, on to the next game here on the 1 o'clock slate. We've got the Washington Redskins taking on the Buffalo Bills. Okada, we can keep this pretty brief. For Washington, I just saw a report that Dwayne Haskins might start. If that's the case, can you start anyone on their side of the ball? Um, Man, I really wish I could say yes for Terry McLaurin. And I can. If, if you got a need for a flex in a PPR... I'm still going to throw Terry McLaurin out there. In fact, I still am excited to see. I don't want to say excited. I still would like to see. No, no, I'm not. But (laughs) I would like to see a full game of Haskins and McLaurin. They went to school together. Obviously, when we've seen Haskins, it's been him popping into a game unexpectedly and looking terrible. And I still expect him to look terrible. But I think there's a good chance him and McLaurin have an okay connection. And McLaurin is the only valuable asset on that team. Yeah, I'm, I'm not starting him. If, uh, if Dwayne Haskins is, is the quarterback, unfortunately. But we'll see what happens there. Case Keenum, of course, coming off the concussion from last week. On to the Buffalo side of the ball. You're starting Josh Allen in this matchup. It's great on paper. You're starting John Brown, who's been great all season. Um, yeah, the running back situation, I think, is interesting. We saw Devin Singletary come back last week and actually play a ton of snaps. I think he was over 60% compared to Gore. Um, you starting both these guys in this matchup, just Singletary. What's what's your t- breakdown there of the running backs? Yeah, sixty eight percent from what I'm seeing. So that was nice. Uh, not the usage we would have liked to see. Although he did have four catches on six targets with a receiving touchdown, so that was good. In the ground game, not quite as nice. Um, I'm gonna roll him out there, and I think I'm gonna not roll Gore out there unless it's a really really deep situation. I'm going to lean Singletary, I think, more often than not. The snap percentages, the pass game usage, both lean me towards Singletary a little bit. And this should be a matchup that he can exploit. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that one. Give me the guy that you know is going to be on the field, which apparently looks like Singletary. All right, man, that's enough uh, on that game. Let's get over into Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. I think a pretty exciting matchup. 
to break down. Let's start on the Indianapolis side of the ball. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at just question marks in terms of what you expect, I think, from T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack because both, I think, are must-starts every week. You, it's hard to find guys that get as much usage as Marlon Mack does. It's a tough matchup on paper. Pittsburgh's been pretty good against the run. Um, where do you feel uh, Marlon Mack will slide into your rankings this week? Um, Top 12. RB1 territory. All right, so you're, def- you're definitely starting him for sure. I'll probably have him on the back side of that or a high-end two for sure. So, yeah, I agree with you. You're starting him absolutely. T.Y. Hilton, um, on paper, this looks like a great matchup because of how bad Pittsburgh was in the first few weeks of the season. But, man, since that Mika Fitzpatrick trade and since that defensive line has gotten things sorted out, they've been getting after the quarterback um, a ton. T.Y. Hilton, is this a spot where you think he'll succeed, or is this a manager expectations type of week? Uh, I think he'll have a decent game, yeah. I do think it'll be a little bit more of a Marlon Mack game overall, but Hilton is always a guy who can strike quick and big, and I think he has a... a Startable game. I don't, I'm not putting him in my wide receiver one territory, most likely, but he'll be out there in my lineup. Yeah, for sure. And outside of that, I mean, it's just question marks at tight end. It's question marks at the wide receiver two position. So, personally, Okada, I don't really have much to add there. Anyone else that you want to talk about in that matchup? Nope. We we talked last week. Hey, can we finally uh, put some hope in Zach Pascal? And he came out and had one catch for six yards. So, that's the answer. No. No is the answer to that question. Yeah. On the Pittsburgh side of the ball, we've got to talk about some injuries. Um, James Conner is obviously the big Oof. one, but it's not just him who's dealing with an AC joint sprain. He did not practice today on Wednesday, but I think he can play. This is very similar to the Josh Jacobs injury from last week. If you remember, he didn't practice at all during the week, but with an injection into the joint for pain control and extra padding on top of that shoulder to provide the joint extra protection, I think he's going to play in this matchup. Uh, Benny Snell dealing with a knee injury. Jalen Samuels is expected to come back from his knee scope this week. He was close last week, but I don't think they they really needed him, so he didn't play. Um, let's assume James Conner starts. I think he'll still have his full workload. I'm not really too worried about it, to be honest with you. We saw it with Josh Jacobs. Um, what are your thoughts there? I mean, if, if he's back, do you project a full workload, or do you think Jalen Samuels, who has been pretty electric in his time on the field, gets some good production in this game? No, I think I expect a full workload for Connor. Um, I'm at least like ninety percent. Uh, I th- I feel like we have you seen any sort of additions by that team of a running back? Because I have not. No, I haven't in free agency or anything. So I feel like that tells us that they have a pretty decent optimism in their core right now and the health of those guys. Otherwise, we would be seeing what we saw with the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> and an exodus of running backs from free agency onto their team. So I think they should be okay. I think Connor should be okay, and I think he gets a strong game here. Not not an RB1 game, but is up in that startable tier. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 25th uh, fewest fantasy points there given up by Indy to running backs. And I just pulled this up, Okada. Look at the schedule moving forward. So if, if anyone in your league is afraid of this injury for Connor, do not be. The Rams next week, then Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cleveland again, Arizona, uh, and the Jets in Week 16. So, yes, I want Yummy. James Conner for that playoff run if you need an option there. Uh, Juju, you're starting. I think Dante Johnson at this point, you're at least looking at a flex uh, type of situation. Would you agree? Um. Yeah. I mean, 
probably. <laughs> uh, any game which we expect the Steelers to be throwing, which is pretty much every game, someone's got to catch balls besides Juju. And at this point, it looks like Deontay might be the next man up that we were kind of trying to figure out all offseason. Uh, funnily enough, we sort of thought if Mason Rudolph ever got a chance, it would be James Washington because they had a, a college connection. But apparently it's Deontay, and uh, and I'm going to trust in Deontay. Not, I, I, I'm not going to trust in Deontay. That's poor, poor word choice there. I'm going to throw him out there with zero trust and hope that he continues to produce. Uh, but I'm not going to feel super confident about yes, it. Yes, an absolute hope and a prayer uh, for Johnson. Yep. Uh, on to our last matchup here, Okada. The Vikings taking on the Chiefs, which on paper looks awesome. But let's start on KC's side of the ball. Unfortunately, I don't think we see Patrick Mahomes in this game. They've already kind of come out and said, you know, we're looking at a week 10 return for Mahomes. And I, I think that's smart coming off the dislocated kneecap from a couple of weeks ago, that would put him at three and a half weeks out from injury, making his risk of re-injury quite a bit lower. So I think the team is smart here and keeps him on the bench. Um, so you've got Matt Moore taking on Kirk Cousins. For KC, I mean, you know, it's obviously a downgrade for everyone as long as Mahomes is out. I mean, Tyreek Hill, you're playing, of course. Travis Kelsey, you're playing, of course. Um, Sammy Watkins, droppable. Um, I don't know if I'd say droppable. If you have a small bench, very possibly, especially if you've got buys and you need to start someone. But I'd prefer to hold on to him, see how he looks when Mahomes gets back. But I'm not going to start him in this game. That's for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the running back situation, you know, it looked pretty murky for a while, but uh, Damian Williams is just gone. He's not doing anything from a production standpoint. Um, is he droppable in your opinion? Ooh. Uh, a similar answer because I would like to hold on to him because I see him as a great handcuff sort of play in that if McCoy were to ever have an injury problem, which is not an uncommon occurrence, and Damian Williams were to have a shot at the full workload, especially with Mahomes back, it could be really great. But for now, he's we, he cannot be relied upon. And if you need a spot on your roster to survive these bye weeks, he might be the guy to go. Yeah, I, I definitely can't fault anyone that wants to move on. It seems like it's LaShawn McCoy's backfield until further notice. It's it's a tough matchup. I think I'm still willing to roll him out as a flex uh, in this matchup. Any thoughts there on McCoy? No, that sounds about right for me. All right. it's not. I'm not going to expect much from him, but he's a guy who can put up eight points. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's good enough for the Chiefs, I think. Let's move over to the Vikings side of the ball. Uh, the nice thing about this is we can kind of just look at the last two to three weeks and keep projecting it moving forward because this is another type of situation where Kirk Cousins can succeed. Dalvin Cook is a stud. You're obviously starting him. And because I think Kirk Cousins is very streamable, I've got him as a top 12 option this week against the Chiefs. I think you can start, obviously, Diggs and Thielen uh, in this matchup, and I certainly would be excited to do so. Yeah, I would agree there. I think Cousins is probably going to be a top five guy for me this week. Um, everyone on this team is going to have a great day fantasy-wise. The Chiefs defense is porous. Diggs has been, oh my goodness, good over the past few weeks. And I think he keeps it up. Uh, I think Thielen hopefully has a nice, strong game. Uh, and that all of that funnels into Cousins and makes him an elite option this week. Yeah, if you're super desperate... For a running back start, I think Alexander Madison is a very sneaky, sneaky, deep 
uh, flex Ooh. option. KC giving up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. And uh, he got more run last week. 13 rush attempts because they blew out the Redskins. I think you can do the same against this defense without Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, I, I think you can do it in this matchup for sure. All right, man. That is all of the 1 o'clock games. Um, we are going to get into a special Halloween segment here, but before we do, we've got a live read from our sponsor of today's show. That is FantasyGo.com. Uh, FantasyGo.com is the place to go if you're in need of some help with your lineup. Basically, it is the Uber of fantasy football. You go to their marketplace. You pick uh, an analyst to help you for the week. You can search for Matthew B. or Matt O., and we will help you either set your lineup or talk through our thought process with you on uh, waiver claims or on trade advice or start set decisions. And the nice thing about this the service is no one in your league knows it's happening. So you essentially have us do this kind of behind the scenes for you, and it looks like you are the smart one. So it's a great way to get some advice without really having to um, let everyone know that you're not the one making the moves. And Okada, exciting news. I just mm. found out today from their owner that they are having their DFS format roll out on Friday. That is tomorrow as of the the release of this episode. So if you want Okada or myself to help you get out there and make some good DFS decisions, find us at fantasygo.com. All right, man, we are on to our Halloween segment here. uh, And I I skipped what I normally do with uh, the top of the show. Bet's big question. And I put it out in a tweet and we're going to talk about it right now. I said, name one player who has been a trick this season. Name one player that has been a treat. We had some answers that I think you and I will agree with. We had some some tricks, Damian Williams. We had a treat, Darren Waller. Derrick Henry was named as a trick. Austin Hooper was named as a treat. Sammy Watkins was a trick, um, among others. So I think I agree with all of those, but I'm going to kick it over to you, Okada. Give me your biggest trick this season, someone that we thought was going to be awesome, or a situation that we thought was going to be awesome, and it was not. Uh, well, bets in classic Okada fashion, I'm going to cheat slightly in answering this question and say Doug Peterson <laughs> is the trick because of how he refuses to pick a running back to lead the backfield, to be the fantasy guy. Obviously, he's not in charge of producing fantasy points. He's just right there to win football games. But the way that he's using these guys makes it impossible to, to predict week to week what's going to happen. I just have to read this off real quick. These are the fantasy leaders for the Eagles at the running position over the first eight games of the season. Darren Sproles, uh, Miles Sanders in a crap game, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard in a crap game, Miles Sanders. <laughs> that is so confusing. It is all over the place. You never know which one is going to be better, and it is so frustrating. Please pick one of these guys so that we can have a great RB1, Doug. Yeah, well, maybe if, if Sanders sits this week, we'll, we'll get that in Howard, uh, but we'll see. Huzzah! My trick so far this season has to be Odell Beckham Jr. My Ooh. goodness, man, we were on this Browns team, as most people were, and on Baker uh, for a nice breakout season, and with Odell, we thought it was going to work. We thought it was going to be magic. It turns out that Oda Beckham is the wide receiver 35 in fantasy football. Barely Ooh. startable. Uh, a back-end wide receiver 3. It's so tough to, to put him in your lineup each week. 
And the the difficult thing is, you know, um, like the targets and the quality of targets we thought would be there going from Eli Manning to Baker Mayfield, and they just have not been. So you, you have to hope better days are ahead. Certainly in Dynasty, I think there are. But man, Odell Beckham tricked us this season. Yeah, I will say two things, Bets. One, so far, Baker has been literally far worse than Eli Manning in almost every category. So that has really messed up what we expected from Odell. That Having is, said that. Just say that again one more time because that is wild. <laughs> yeah, in, in every stat, I, I saw a board that we put together. We call them boards at the NFL Network where we compare stats or put stats in like tables. And I saw one comparing Eli last year to Baker this year. Baker is worse across the board. He has been awful. Having said that, these are the teams that they've played. Uh, Titans, Rams, Ravens, 49ers, Seahawks, Patriots. That is rough. This is the schedule coming up after the next two weeks. They've got Broncos, Bills, not great. Then they finish the season with Steelers, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens, Bengals. That sounds good. Yeah. So they've had probably one of the top three toughest schedules so far and one of the top three easiest schedules left. I think the Browns have a decent end of the season and maybe it maybe it translates to some hope for Baker and Odell. Yeah, man. I, I sure hope you're right. That schedule does sound pretty nice. And if they can get things sorted out, uh, that will pay dividends, obviously. Um, all right, man. On to the treats. So this is a player that you were not really expecting to do what they have been doing so far this season. Who is your treat from the 2019 season so far? Well, oh, I've talked about him quite a bit, so I considered going elsewhere to, so as to not sound like a broken record. But I can't do it, Bets. I just can't. I got to talk about Cooper Cup. He's my boy. You said that a treat is them doing what they didn't expect. And I wish that I could claim that I expected this of Cooper Cup, but I didn't. I had him as like a borderline wide receiver one. It was higher than the industry, but I did not expect number two wide receiver He's only Michael Thomas is producing at a higher fantasy, you know, rate right now than Cooper Cup. He's been incredible, had 220 yards in London. Good gracious is this man good. Love it. So happy for him and my fantasy teams on which he is all over. Yeah. Uh man, he has absolutely looked amazing this season. I, I definitely didn't think I'd see this coming off the ACL. The dude is just on fire. Um and it's it's showing in the box score for sure. The other thing, Brandon Cooks potentially out multiple weeks dealing with his third mm-hmm. concussion dating back to 2016. So um, he was in Pittsburgh today visiting the the specialists at University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, and they're the forefront of cu- concussion research. So I think that kind of tells you what's going on in terms of the severity. Um, the target share for Cooper Cup is going to be so solid the rest of the season. Yeah, man, he's been great. For me, this is definitely a situation where I didn't see it coming at all. I don't think many nope. people did. DJ did Chark not. has been amazing Woo. for fantasy. A, a top five option uh, in total fantasy points scored through week eight. Um, if you would have told me, you know, Nick Foles is going to get injured and some random dude named Gardner Minshew is going to come in and play quarterback, I'd say, yep, I'm going to run away from all of these receivers. But gosh, man, he has just been so electric for the offense that's Minshew and his connection with DJ Chark is awesome and and the usage there is awesome from the targets so DJ Chark thank you uh for coming out of nowhere and being a top five wide receiver yeah 
that uh, that is probably one of the most su- surprising fantasy producers of the year. So definitely on board with you there. All right, all right, man. We got two more to get here to uh, two players. Next one: Who is a, a ghost in fantasy? Someone you thought would be reliable, they're going to be there every week, but they've just disappeared. Who is it? So my guy hasn't completely disappeared, but he's kind of in the reverse of Cooper Cup, which is that I really expected a great year from him, had him near the wide receiver one territory, and he's just been so underwhelming, and that's Tyler Boyd. And he's had targets. He has gotten tons of targets, but simply has not really translated into anywhere near the fantasy production we would like to see. He's had two 100-yard games, and one of them was way back in week two, and he only has one touchdown. One touchdown, bets. What is going on here? And now we've got... No more Andy Dalton, Ryan Finley coming in. I don't really know what to expect. We talk about this at the top of the show, but I can't imagine it's going to get much better for Tyler Boyd. So for a guy I was hoping would be a high-end wide receiver two to be where he is, it's yucky, and he's ghosted me. Yeah, it's it's been rough. You almost kind of have to rely on him because of the targets. But yeah, quarterback change, Yep, it's it's unclear what's going to happen there with Boyd. Mine is, is Zach Ertz, who we drafted him in the back of round two or round three, and the guy is is barely even startable. I mean, he's wide receiver, or excuse me, tight end uh, eight, I think, in fantasy points, but it doesn't feel that way by any means. Um, he's just a guy in fantasy, and we talked about it with Dallas Goddard, who is seemingly taking over as far as the, the better producer for fantasy. Certainly, Zach Ertz provides a lot of value for that team, but... Man, he just has not been a guy that you can play with confidence each week the way you did uh, last year. So he is the guy that has ghosted me this year. All right, Okada, last one. Give me a spooky player to own for the rest of the season, a guy you're really nervous about. All right, so for me, I'm going with Jameis Winston. And the reason I'm going with Jameis Winston is because he's a guy who I want to I kind of want to own because there are a lot of times that I kind of want to start him. He has had plenty of strong games this year, but then, as we all know, he can also go out there and absolutely poop the bed and has been awful in several other games. So he's a spooky guy to own because he's a guy that you want to start on a frequent basis, but a guy that is very likely to destroy your team when you do that. So I don't know what to do with him on a week-to-week basis. The only the only kind of trend I've seen, which is pretty amusing, at home bets, he has five touchdowns, nine picks, and a 65 passer rating. On the road, he has nine touchdowns, three picks, and a 98 passer rating. So apparently, just start him when he's on the road, I guess. He's like the reverse Big Ben or something. Um, but overall, yeah, I don't know what to do exactly with Jameis Winston. He scares me every time I have to put him in my lineup, so... He's my spooky player. Yeah, it's it's definitely terrifying. Don't watch the games. Just take in the points when Winston plays. For me, I'm scared for Cortland Sutton, man. I, mm. I've been impressed for sure with his breakout season, but man, Brandon Allen is going to take over. Joe Flacco dealing with a herniated disc in his neck. He might land on IR. That's Flacco. So we've seen the connection between he and Flacco. I don't know that it's there uh, with Brandon Allen. I'm nervous, man. We'll we'll see what happens. I think they're going to turn to a very run-heavy approach. I don't think we'll see the wide receiver one we have seen uh, so far this season. So that is uh, that's my take there on my scary player to own. 
Ooh, that that is rough because he has been he he could have been like another DJ Chark type treat who we didn't really see being this great and he's just been so solid and that would be very upsetting. If if someone comes to you and offers like a low end running back two, let's say, are you taking it? Oh yeah, I'm taking it. All right, wow. taking it and running. Um, Sad. All right, man. That's Spooky. our that's our Halloween preview show. We're breaking down the week. One Games, Okada, tell the people where they can find us and take us out of here. They can find me on Twitter at Matt Okada. They can find you on Twitter at the Fantasy PT. They can find us on Twitter at RetrotsFFPod. Uh, obviously, the site, RetrotsFantasyFootball.com. So much good content up there. As good as this podcast, probably. Uh, just in written form. So you can take that in whenever you want. Uh, and that's pretty much it. We will see you on the Patreon pod if you're a patron, which I hope you are. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, well past the halfway point of the season. Very sad, but exciting. We're nearing playoffs, which is always cool. So uh, that's pretty much it. Until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.